My name is Dr. Justin Alger, and this is the Future Future College Parent Podcast. The more a candidate can help another person at a company to be successful, that makes them look more appealing than someone who's like all about themselves. Hello, future college parents, moms, dads, and any family member who's helping a student get to college. Welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to arming parents like you, our original influencers, with free information and resources to help the next generation of students prepare, choose, and finance college. And by college, I mean any and all education after high school or equivalent. And by parent, I mean anyone helping a young human through schooling towards college. This show is predicated with the belief that anyone can access and pay for college if they want to and should start preparing as early as the sixth grade. I am your host, Dr. Justin Alger, but you can call me Justin. That voice you heard over the intro music is the guest of episode 12, Miss Beth Hendler-Grunt, president of The Next Great Step, where her sole focus is to help college graduates land the job they deserve. In this episode, we discuss the concepts she teaches in her upcoming at the time of this recording, book, The Next Great Step, The Parent's Guide to Launching Your New Grad into a Career. It's so invigorating to see a caring professional tackle a problem that isn't always completely addressed in our education systems, helping your student get a job after college. I mentioned in the episode that the idea of your student getting a job after college is very aspirational for future college parents in that the episode assumes that students have made it through a traditional undergraduate program and have graduated. The points I want to make are twofold. One, I want to inspire you to not only believe your student can attend a traditional college if they want to, but can become gainfully employed after receiving a degree. Second, I want you to see the type of work it will take in the future for your student to get the job they deserve and to get a jump on it now. I hope you enjoy my interview with Beth. Beth, welcome to the Future College Parent Podcast. Thank you for being here to help future college parents, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited for you to be here as well. So if we could start out, please share your role and just describe what capacity that you support parents and students on their post-secondary education journey. Sure, absolutely. So I am the owner and founder of Next Great Step. And our sole focus is to help college students and recent grads land the job that they deserve. And I launched this business seven years ago. And since then, we have worked with hundreds and hundreds of families um, and students to help them be successful in, in landing that job. And I'm really excited that over 90% of our clients who work with us land the job that they desire. So I feel really uh, proud of that. We're able to help them do that because we're not recruiters. We're not headhunters. We just really teach them the secrets of what they don't understand to get into school. And that's great. And we're totally going to get into all of that, all that content and all that, all the good stuff and things that you do to help students land the job that they deserve. And I love that you frame it that way. And you talked a little bit about um, the next great step. Can you talk a little bit more in detail about What actually is The Next Great Step, and why did you decide to create this resource? Sure. So The Next Great Step is an approach or method, and it's a really simple, structured, step-by-step approach that enables young adults to do two things. One is to help them figure out, what is it that I want to do with my life, and how do I start to take that major that I studied and actually leverage that into a career? And once we help them figure that out, 
We then teach them, well, then how do you go about finding that job that you want? What are the steps that are needed to understand your skills, how to network with the right people, how to target the right companies and the right people that actually put you into the job that that you want? Because what we have found over time is that a lot of it is not taught at school. And as much as you know, parents and families go on the campus tour and they're assuming like, you know, they have to sell this great story and that the university will kind of take it from here. I think there's a lot more that goes into it than people realize. And it's, I don't want to lay blame on a university or the kids. It's kind of both. You know, I think sometimes schools are overwhelmed and they don't always have the resources to really dedicate to helping as many students as they need. And likewise, a lot of students say, oh, I'll worry about that when I get out. Or my parents have connections and I'll just, I'll just, you know, find a family friend and I'm sure I'll find a job. I'm sure it can't be that hard. And I think what everyone realizes that it's harder than they thought. And they realize that maybe when it's a little bit on the late side, Right. When when they should have been planning all along. Right. No question. There's definitely a feeling of sometimes of, wow, I should have started this process earlier or I should have sought out the resources from my university sooner or network sooner. So what I tell people is even though you might feel you were behind, it's never too late. Uh, It's never too late to start. But earlier is better. Absolutely. And and I do. I do acknowledge the point that you make about the, um, it's not the parents' fault, it's not the school's fault, it's a, I don't know if it's a system fault that we're not able to get all of these important stuff and things that are beyond just the the academic content or the skill sets that students are being taught in the classroom or in the practical application of, of the work that they're doing. And that's part of the reason, or a big part of the reason for for the show is to try to to help educate parents and, uh, and provide this information for free, obviously that um, that they don't get, but is so critical to the end goal of of getting a job. So I really appreciate you sharing that narrative, and I think it sets us up well to talk specifically about the work you do. And now this is the second episode that I've done that's sort of aspirational for future college parents, and that the episode assumes that. Students have made it through a traditional undergraduate program and have graduated. Congratulations, future college parents, right? Um, and so what I would like to do is focus our conversation on the work that you do and how students in high school now can prepare to get ahead so they're more prepared for to work with a professional like yourself when they finish a four-year degree to land the dream job. We shared before the interview that, you, that you've recently written a new book. Uh, for parents on helping their their grad with the with the job search called the next great step the parents guide to launching your new grad into a career congratulations thank you oh and by the way i've certainly signed up to get my own copy i can't wait to read it as soon as it as soon as i get the email that says i can purchase my own copy fantastic can you tell me why why is this book for parents and why not for student graduates themselves This book is for parents because I have spoken with hundreds, hundreds of families and specifically parents who reach out to me and they want to provide guidance to their young adult. They want to help and they're not sure how. Many parents have not looked for a job in over 20 plus years and things have definitely changed in that time of 
how to search for a job. So my goal was to really give them a guide of understanding what the problem looks like from the parent perspective, from their kids' perspective, and what employers are expecting, and then actually give them our process of, if you want to step your young adult through this process, here is a simple step-by-step approach of how you can go about doing it to lead them towards success. Oh, that's great. And that was actually sort of the, the way that I was hoping we could focus our conversation because in your promotional advertising for your book, you mentioned those three specific areas. What is it that parents are concerned about for their new graduates? What your students are thinking about in the job search, which I really think is an interesting lens to think about because I suspect it isn't at the forefront of, of parents' minds. And what are employers expecting when they're hiring a candidate? I mean, these three things sound so simple when you when you when I say them out loud, but there's there's a lot to it. So I'm hoping that we can direct our conversation to those three areas, if that if that makes sense to you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this is great. Can you just tell us what are parents concerned about for the new graduate? Are they concerned about getting a job in their field, getting a job with a, a high pay or a high salary, making uh, getting a job that's close to home or or in an area that where the jobs are are plentiful, those type of things. What are they What are they concerned about? Great question. And I'll also just speak on a personal level. My oldest son graduated class of 2021, and I have a college sophomore. So not only am I, I guess, the expert, but I'm also living this real time. So I'm very much in tune with the feelings of expectations. And I think overall, what we see parents are expecting, a lot of them are saying, I just hope they get a job that will help them to be financially independent, that they will be happy, and they feel that they're learning something of value. So sounds sounds simple enough. Uh, I think what they are finding is that a lot of times their young adult is not sure what to do, even though the major might have been somewhat targeted. Uh, sometimes it's not targeted. That a lot of times their young adult does not know what to do. I think they're also sometimes a little surprised that that they did not get as many resources from their university or they did not seek out the resources that they thought were coming to them. As I said before, it could be a little bit of both. Um, And they really want to help them, but there's this feeling of, well, this is not how I did it. When I did it, I picked up the phone or I drove to a location and knocked on somebody's door. And I think, you know, a lot of times their student or grad will say, well, that's not how it's done. You know, you don't know, or all the technology. I think there's a another interesting piece in here about the technology, where I think parents assume that, oh, well, if my child just applies to more jobs, that more is better. So if you go online to an online job board and do 10, 20, 100, 200, their thinking is that more is better. And the truth is more is not better because it's just a black hole. And what needs to happen is that you really need to be very specific and target the people that you or your child, you know, should go after in terms of what are the companies that need my, you know, need their skills? What are those uh, people that might have the job doing what they want to do? And the more they can help their kid be more targeted and specific, that yields a better result. 
Um, I think one more thing in terms of there's also the feeling of, well, I'm just going to introduce them to a friend of mine. You know, I'll make an introduction to a friend or family friend, and I'm sure that they will help connect them to the job. And I think there's a little bit of, um, they're a little naive to think someone's going to make a major decision to hire your kid when it's still business and it involves money and reputation and very often it doesn't happen. Very often the kids are not ready for these introductions. You know, for them to go in to meet a vice president or CEO of a company and they're not prepared, that's not going to go well. So a lot of times they blow it and parents didn't realize how unprepared their kids were. So I think there's a couple of you know dynamics that feed into it. And do you find that a parent could provide great advice or they could or talk to them till they're blue in the face about what it is they need to do or not be doing, but then they get in front of you and you have this external credibility or this, the, you're this external person that's not my mom, that's not my dad or not my guardian, that's able to say the same thing, but still ca- sort of carries more weight because you're not mom or dad or parent or guardian, that type of thing. No question. I mean, I think the fact that because I'm not mom or dad and an outside party, and I also don't have the same emotional investment. So I am more willing and my team, we, we're here to let them really open up their whole vision and potentially say, I don't want to do what I studied, which obviously is a very scary thing for a young adult to say to their parent who potentially just contributed to a significant investment, right? So <laughs> we don't have that same, you know, of course, we make sure we talk through all this. But I think what an outside party does, it really allows a chance to listen and hear them and let them talk and we pull a lot out of them. So we're not therapists, but we, there's a little piece of it that's a little more psychological in the beginning, just to, just to say, if I unhooked you from everything that you thought you were supposed to do or that you thought you were told to do, you know, what would that be? And we give them a lot of freedom to think and plan and create this vision for themselves that maybe they haven't been given that permission to do before. So I think that's, you know, one piece as well. And then I think the other is that we actually have this really simple step-by-step structure that guides them what to do, like what you're going to do tomorrow and the next day and next week, as opposed to just staring at the screen and thinking you're supposed to be applying to all these jobs. We actually give them this, this structure because, you know, kids were in a structured program for 16 years and now they come out and then there's no structure. So we really try to enable this process that feels comfortable and, and manageable. And I love the idea that you operationalize the process too. So it's, it seems to me, or at least maybe this is the way that I, that I'm wired, that it seems to me that it, that it's, I don't want to say easier is the word, but a lot less difficult, I guess, to get behind a strategy where it's, it's created based on a, on a shared, on a shared platform, right? You're creating the plan with the student versus you're prescribing, you're telling what the what the student that they should be doing or not doing. Correct. We're not telling them, go do this or don't go do that. We do not tell them you know, what their career should be or what job would be great for them. It really is we're guiding through this process of exploration and clarity on how they communicate their value. A lot of times they're not sure what their value is. They don't even think they're great at a lot of things. Of course, they're great at many things. And we kind of help pull that out. And it becomes that we also teach them very targeted networking, which once you talk to people, once we teach them how to talk to people, they realize 
the answers to the question. You know, they realize when you speak to someone and you start to understand what they do for a living, that starts to answer their question of like, wow, I really like what that person had to say. I want to learn more. Or it could be like, wow, I don't really like what they were sharing with me. And I'm going to move that to the side. I thought I wanted to do this, but I don't. And I think they never had that chance to do that before. They didn't know how. They were either intimidated. They didn't have the time or the energy. Um, and I think we're really opening up a chance for them to to explore and research and, and give themselves the, the time and the bandwidth to figure it out. So if, you're, if your students are struggling to find a job, are there any other factors that, they, that parents should consider? Yes, I think the other factor that parents should consider is that the job search can be hard. And sometimes they think that their kid is not motivated or doesn't have the interest and they call them lazy or different things. But sometimes they just need to really observe carefully what's going on. The rejection that goes on with the job search can be depressing. And sometimes there may be a depression. So I think just also being on the lookout for mental health and making sure that if there is any question that you're just also seeking that path of maybe they need mental health support. Maybe it's not because that they don't know how to pursue the search. Maybe it's because that they're a little anxious or they're overwhelmed or they're intimidated of the process or they've gotten rejected. So just to keep that in mind, it still can be uncomfortable. It could be the first time in their life that they're feeling this rejection. So always kind of give them a chance to verbalize or just really observe to say is something more going on besides just a difficulty in finding that job. That's a that's a great point. In the Matt Brownstein episode, we talked about building relationships and allowing students that space to share their thoughts and opinions in a low stakes environment. So having that relationship and that rapport so you can have those conversations with your student to get to, geez, I see that you're struggling. Let's talk through that. Or can I find somebody to talk or t- to help you talk through that? And that, and that makes a lot of sense. And I think we're sort of transitioning to what it is that students are thinking in the job search process. And so I'm wondering, how, how is it that, that students can prepare now? And, and again, we're, we're talking about future college students. How can they prepare now for the job search process. And you mentioned landing internships or, or summer work or networking, which is, which is certainly more than posting fun, you know, videos to, to social media, right? Learning how to interview. Can't a high school students start to address these things now? I think there's some really simple things. And I guess I'll, I'll speak to more of like those that are incoming freshmen. And what are the simple things, let's say an incoming freshman could do? Uh, because obviously a lot of your focus in high school is getting into college. So I don't want to misjudge that. But of course, there's a lot of interest about like, how do you figure out your major? And I think there's still some things that I employ now with grads that you could still do as a high school student is if you're not sure what you want to do, you need to talk to people who are doing the thing that you're thinking about. Don't make the decision in a bubble. Don't (laughs) pretend or think like, oh, my friend does this, or that's what they're going to study or this family friend does this and I'll just go do it. This is too big of a decision to just kind of do it casually. Um, With that being said, college is a point for exploration. But what I would encourage to students starting as a freshman 
is to take that same resume or list of activities that you did to help you get into college and convert it into just an actual resume format. Just start off with having a somewhat professional, doesn't have to be fancy, you can do it yourself, you know, just getting it into a resume format, even if it holds all of your high school activities. And then when you start your freshman year, get involved, do a couple of things, maybe one academic club or one something for fun. And, and it's going to start, these things are going to migrate onto your resume. So you're just getting in the habit of tracking and documenting what you do. And the other thing we tell freshmen is I'm a big fan of freshmen going to the career fair. And people say, why would a freshman go to a career fair? Aren't they too young? This is too... And the number one reason why freshmen should go to the career fair is solely for practice. They can practice getting dressed in their professional clothing, practice talking about themselves, introducing themselves, hearing what employers have to say. So when it actually counts, that they're not quite as nervous and they've seen it before. And employers love to see um, the same kids show up year after year to say, wow, I remember seeing you as a freshman and now you're here as a sophomore. It's great that you're back. I'd love to talk to you again. So just getting the basic resume and seeking out you know, career services or going to a career fair from the very beginning is a great thing what freshmen can do. And that sounds to me like attending the career fair and getting dressed up and having employers who pay actual money right? Um, notice you. That sounds like networking to me. Well, it is networking. <laughs> it, it is. It is networking. Um, absolutely. You know, meeting employers and getting their attention and talking to them is absolutely the beginning of networking. And as you join clubs, as you make friends, all of that is networking. I think what the challenges for a lot of young adults is they don't know what to do in those conversations of how to maybe get that person to do something for him, them that pushes them into the role that they might want. So what we do is we teach them how to do networking a little bit more strategically where you target someone who is doing something of interest to you, might have a job of interest, could be a volunteer, could be something on campus. And you ask them for time to speak and you say why you'd want to talk with them. Maybe you've noticed something about them. People love when you share attention <laughs> of what they've done or you've taken notice. As simple as looking at somebody's LinkedIn profile. And then we encourage them saying, okay, you want to arrange for a 15-minute conversation. And there's, a, there's an actual technique that we teach about how do you really plan ahead for these meetings with a topic I call it. The three A's. What's the action you'd want that person to do if everything went well? What's the attitude you want them to believe about you? And what kind of answers do you need to have a better sense of what their job is all about? And when you plan for these interactions and have this structure and you're prepared, people are impressed and you're also able to get a lot of information out of them. You're able to articulate what you have to offer. And then you, you know, ask for a way to take it to the next level, whether it's another introduction or a way to move yourself forward in the, in the hiring process. I love how you've operationalized everything. And I love that you have the, you break it down into your, into your, what did you call it? The three, what model? The three A's. So you get the action, the attitude and the answers and, and it really, again, operationalizes and you get that information from the employer. And, and who doesn't like to talk about themselves, right? 
Of course. I mean, and, <laughs> and especially when you come in with a compliment of like, wow, I've seen that you've done this and I'm so impressed by that. Can you share more about it? I mean, who doesn't love to have someone that's taken an interest in them? So it's kind of just human nature. Yeah, I love it. And so I think that that leads us into that third area, what employers expect when they're hiring a candidate. And so I'm wondering how it is, how do you, how do you know what it is that employers are expecting when, when they're hiring a candidate? Are you, is part of your role or is part of the work that you do reaching out to employers yourself or talking to industry leaders yourself to, to gauge what it is they're looking for? So I do speak with industry leaders. I speak with hiring managers. Um, I actually interviewed quite a few for the book who share their actual, you know, feelings and personal opinion about hiring. So that's something that we make sure we really stay on the pulse of what hiring managers are expecting, but it hasn't really changed too much. They want someone who is prepared. They want someone who's done the research about the company. They want you to have a good answer as to why do you want to work for us? What's so unique about us that you come to me? It's not, you know, can't just be like, oh, well, I want to work for the New York Mets because I love baseball. You know, you have to have a really good, <laughs> more thoughtful answer than that. And uh, I think what we've, what employers really also want is that your ability to communicate, your ability to problem solve, um, someone that is willing to learn and just has the right attitude and motivation to, to want to do it. So it's interesting you don't always have to have the most perfect matching major or the most perfect matching resume. I think when you show how you understand and you've done your research about what the company is focused on and how your skills can help that company or person or organization to be successful in meeting their objectives, that's what makes a hiring manager really interested in hiring this candidate because they're so focused on helping them be successful. And I think that's what we really teach is, you know, how do you translate what you've learned into something that really adds value to this business? That is so good. And I would, and I was, I'm also wondering if you could share the inside secrets, the super inside secrets, but it sounds to me like you've, you've already shared them, that it, that it isn't, that you have to remember that you're, that it's really about a connection and it's about a fit when you get to that, that point. And when you're talking about, com- you're thinking about company culture, you're thinking about what drives you, your strengths and underdeveloped strengths are and how these things and how these things translate into you being a, a good professional in the company. And so I would think or suspect that those are the inside secrets that really aren't secrets students and, and, and their parents can advocate that for them to, to work towards. Yeah. I guess if I was to give you like the secret that I think is the secret is... Is this exclusive secret right here? This is very exclusive. Don't exclusive secrets. I'm going to, you know, except for all your listeners. The secret is everybody has a, I'll say selfish interest, right? Everybody in the end is kind of cares about themselves. And the more a candidate can help another person at a company to be successful, that makes them look more appealing than someone who's like all about themselves, right? A lot of young our young adults come into like, well, this job would be great for me, or I want to be the boss in five years, or I want to have your job. Employers don't want to hear that. <laughs> they want to hear how you have these skills that you understand 
what the company needs and how your skills can help the company achieve its goals. And by the way, or help that person achieve its own personal goals to help them do better. And that's what I think companies, you know, and specifically hiring managers ultimately want to hear. You heard it here first. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, I really do. I believe, and, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that. I think that it's important to a hiring manager is everybody's trying to get their own, make their own way in the world, right? And so you helping someone, and again, this goes back to, to networking, I think, that, it, that the networking doesn't necessarily stop once you land a job, right? You're still networking within, within the organization that you're working in. You're, you're uh, networking externally, right, with the, with the customers or the, the internal customers or the, or the vendors or whoever that you're, that you're working with. So that, that never stops. So I, don't, I think that's, a, that's a, a fantastic point that really can't be stated enough that, that it's all about people talking to people and, and whatever the, the product or service that a company is, is uh, putting out is for people eventually as well. Right. I think at this point I'll let you off the hook with my questions, but can you tell us before you go, how can parents get in touch with you and buy that future best-selling book? And I really do hope that it's a bestseller. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Sure. They can find out about my book and our services on our website, nextgreatstep.com. And it's nextgreatstep.com slash book. If you want to get on the list to get notified, to get pre-ordered, we also welcome the opportunity to have a complimentary consultation with any parent or student. And there's a little tab on there that says, let's talk. And we welcome the opportunity to connect with you as well. We also have a number of free resources. So nextgreatstep.com, you can access the book, you can schedule a time to talk with us, and you can download some free resources and access our blogs. But welcome the opportunity to have that conversation. I'm so excited to get my copy and read. I know that the work that you do really benefits young adults. And I'm so confident that future college parents are going to benefit from knowing the information that you provide in this podcast episode, of course, and in your book now to get a jump on, on getting these skills. So when it's go time that we're ready. So I'm so appreciative that you've taken your time to come on the show. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. the passion and best voice. She really cares about helping students land the job they deserve. I really enjoy how she streamlines everything so students can always know where they've been, where they are, and where they're headed in the job search process. And I'm so excited to read her book when it comes out. You can reserve your copy at nextgreatstep.com book. And there is so much Beth and I discussed in this episode, and I want to share with you five things I learned from my talk with Beth. Number one, searching for a job is likely very different from when you applied for a job. It's important to recognize this difference and encourage your student and yourself to take the time to learn the job search process. Keep in mind, processes could be different based on the characteristics for the field or the business your student is seeking to work in. Number two, encourage your student to start their resume now. Your student can take the list of activities they've participated in during high school that we've discussed in previous episodes and turn it into a resume format. Then when your student is involved in jobs and activities in college, they can update the resume to keep it current. 
Rejection from the job search process is real and a part of the process. Your student may seem unmotivated and lazy when they're actually defeated and depressed. You can acknowledge the difficulty of job searching with your student and maintain an open dialogue to assist your student through rejection. Number four, your student needs to talk with the people who are in the field or similar role they're interested in to get a better sense of what they can expect as a professional in the field. In preparing for these conversations, remember Beth's conversation technique, the three A's, action, attitude, and answers. What's the action your student would want the person to do if everything went well? What's the attitude your student would want them to believe about them? And what type of answers does your student need to have a better sense of what the job is all about? Number five, a secret to landing the job involves your student networking and describing how they can translate what they've learned to add value to the business they're applying to work at. What did you learn? Here's your homework. No, there are no exclusive get out of homework passes. Please head to futurecollegeparent.com where you can access the Future College Parent Network and post what you've learned by listening to this episode and engage with other listeners so we can learn together. Also at futurecollegeparent.com, you can access the show notes for a wealth of information on the items we discussed during the episode and check out all of our social platforms. Hey, while you're at it, please share the podcast widely with other parents, leaders of activities your student is involved in, and your school's administrator so they can share with your school district. You can also let parents know the show is streaming directly from the website and there's no need to download anything. Just point your browser to futurecollegeparent.com and enjoy. The show is also on your favorite podcast platforms as well. I want to thank Beth for coming on the show. Be on the lookout for a new episode on Wednesday, July 27th and continuing Wednesdays every two weeks after. Thanks for listening to the Future College Parent Podcast.